Step inside the Wooniverse. Welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, Woo Squared. That's a little bit of woo times two. In these shorter episodes, you're going to hear more of me, like an audio journal, on universal topics like abundance, resilience, working with the moon, manifestation, meditation, and much, much more. Inside the Wooniverse. Call it, do you remember that you did a holographic prosperity, like a 40-day plan? Do you remember sure. that? Yeah, when a long you did time that? ago, but it's one of my favorite courses. Yeah. And I remember I went through it and I thought this would be such a really wonderful topic to discuss in a Woo Squared. What do you think? Yes. Yes. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking of that course the other day because I remember when I wrote it, I wanted it to be very specifically not about money because people have a tendency to think of the word prosperity equals financial or environmental things. Yes. Like they think of things, they think of materialism, right? And I wanted to invite the person taking the course to expand their view on what prosperity is, to include their feelings, how much love they have in their life, how many friends they have, like to really look at self-actualization as kind of a driver, a driving force on the concept of prosperity. Because listen, if we only looked at prosperity in terms of what we have, it's always a moving target. It's always like, okay, you know, how are we going to talk about this when if we look at what's going on in the world, it doesn't make any sense, right? So, So I think I'd like to approach the idea of prosperity as a way in which we are extraordinarily grateful for the life that we have, not necessarily the things we have, although things are good, you know, like there's certainly a level where people can be comfortable, you know, and then beyond that, it's all extra. But what is prosperity? Prosperity is an energetic, that's why we call it a holographic prosperity. It's an energetic experience of abundance. It is the experience of abundance. It is an abundance in the form of energy, of love, of creativity, of achievement, if you will. Like for some people, it's achievement. But what is achievement? Like a friend of mine uh, was just talking with me yesterday. She came to my house and was talking about the achievement that she had because she had had a brain tumor operation and that she could move the side of her face. For her, that was a huge achievement, right? So she had a brain tumor that paralyzed the side of her face. And she was saying, yeah, like I can smile like this now. That's a huge achievement, right? Huge, yeah. So each individual that listens to this, I'm going to invite you to think about what is the definition that you have for prosperity? What is a prosperous life for you? I think prosperity also includes generosity. Like what do we give to others? There's definitely giving and receiving here. Like it's that law of of reciprocity. I think abundance is a lot of that. Compensation, which is what you put out, you receive back. But it's also not with the expectation of receiving anything. So the act of generosity is also a very prosperous feeling. You feel like, oh, I could help this person, even if it's tiny. So I want to bring us back to the idea of what I thought prosperity was. So I was raised in a family where my parents believed that money would make you safe. Money and status, right? So the kind of status in society, I'm the first generation Canadian. My mom was Polish-German, living in Germany, but Polish heritage, and my father was Serbian. So I'm like literally 95% Slavic of any kind of Slav, right? Um, Came to Canada, anglicized our last name, stuck us in a private school, very waspy. I think we were the first brunettes in the school I don't know. You know, like I make jokes about that now, but it was pretty painful. So 
Um, but they believed that if they could give us the best education, work really hard, and uh, and that money would make us safe. And that was what prosperity was, that you had status and money. So what I learned in recovery, you know, so I have to always bring recovery into my story because I bottomed out at 27 in 1986. And then I began my recovery journey. I realized that money, property, and prestige would divert me from, you know, any kind of clinging on to using those things as my markers of success would actually be very harmful for me. Now, my parents lost everything a few years before I got clean and sober. So they lost literally everything that they believed was important. You know, they came from World War II. My mom was a Holocaust survivor. That came out too. So there's a lot of information that came out after the fact that was extremely scary. So when I moved on in my recovery journey and I started doing readings full-time because I went from a series of day jobs, if you will. I was still trying to pursue my career in music. But Mm -hmm. when I had my quote-unquote real job, which became my real job, which was doing readings, there was a period where I didn't know even how I was going to feed myself. Like I had left a relationship that I was in a bad relationship. I got my own place and I was like, okay, now what? Crap. And this is when my parents died. So it was early in my recovery. They died back to back in in like, I think I was 32 or whatever. So here I am a few years sober and yet again, coming into another financial dive, right? Mm-hmm. So it, because mm-hmm. it's like, okay. So I went to Unity Church and they were doing treasure maps, right? They were showing people how to do treasure maps. And I bought all these books. Like I was like, I was obsessed because all, all my other sober friends, we started going to Unity Church and buying these books by Catherine Ponder and Florence Scovel Shin and the idea that everything in the Bible could be translated into something to do with prosperity and abundance. Like, it, But we wouldn't be seeing it through the lens of materialism. So it was a really beautiful uh, way for me to understand something when I had nothing. And I felt the most prosperous I had ever felt in my life because A, one of the things that you learn in the sobriety is that you can't keep what you aren't willing to give away. So you really talk very openly about yourself in these meetings. And then you realize like, wow, you actually saved somebody's life by telling them about all the shit you did. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that you're trying to also overcome. So there was the first time I ever felt really successful ever in my life was in there. And then when it came to material things and I was lacking greatly in that area, they taught me how at Unity Church to basically surrender my material needs to my higher power and to basically tithe and give away whatever I had basically at the end of the day, like 10% of whatever I had. And I started doing that. And I will tell you, I remember not knowing how I was going to get fed. Like I was like, ooh, I got to feed my dog, right? And then I'm like, ooh, crap, there's no food in the fridge and I just paid my rent. I don't have any money. And the neighbor who pissed me off this day that weekend <laughs> and because they were making so much noise down the hall, actually knocked on my door with a big giant plate of lasagna and said to me, listen, we have all this food left over from the party. Would you like some? And I'm like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> sure. But it was too much. I, I had too much food now. Like I went from no yeah. food <laughs> to like much so food. much food. <laughs> like what was I going to do? So then the phone rang and a guy that I had met through recovery called me up and said, listen, I just, I, I'm tithing. He also went to the, to oh, right. the church mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you know, you really made an impact. Your stories, you know, have made such an impact on my recovery. Do you need your apartment painted? Wow. I have all this extra paint. I'm a pain. He's a painter. Okay. I'm like, hell <laughs> yeah, I need my apartment painted. <laughs> so he came over and I go, do you need to eat? Because I can't yeah. pay you. And I have all this extra lasagna. So, wow. And then I was like, 
oh, wow, this is crazy. And then stuff like that happened to me just when I didn't have anything. The phone would ring and then I got clients. And then people, like I would had nobody booked to do readings at the time. Like remember, no internet. Remember this, no way for people to know. I couldn't advertise myself. There was no place to advertise. You had to rely strictly on word of mouth when people would find you. So I had to hope, and I was on my knees literally every day. Okay, if I'm the real thing, let the people come. If I'm not, take it away. If I'm the real thing, you know, just let the people come. And then there'd be a few days when nobody would come. And I'm like, I must be it. No, I must be not doing it. And then the next thing you know, the phone would ring, boom, 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 boom. And I would be booked enough to pay all my bills with just enough just enough extra for bus fare, for food, for all these things. And then it'd be like the cycle would happen again. Eventually that that's not how I lived, but I lived with just enough for years. Yeah. So I'm just saying is that my concept of prosperity became wrapped around the idea of trust in spirits, that spirit had a plan. And that if I did the work of cleaning up you know, doing my inventory, doing the things that I needed to do to stay on track with my spiritual progress and my emotional sobriety and cleaned up my act and one day at a time, the best of my ability, because I've made more messes and cleaned them up, then I would I would be taken care of. And it's exactly what happened. And so what's the point where the container that you held, where you were getting, like you said, just enough to have your material needs met, right? Me needs of food and shelter, et cetera. Can you describe the process of increasing that container? Absolutely. Then I'd started working on increasing <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was tired of it just being when I needed it only. Okay. So you got to a breaking point or not a breaking I got point. To the, it wasn't a breaking point. It was, uh, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't believe I deserved more at that time. I really didn't. I I didn't feel that I had the capacity to allow myself to receive more. So I had to start working on the concept of receiving. And I struggled with that because I had a lot of shame and I was still working through a lot of the lack mentality that I had experienced and fear and I'm not safe and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm a big blot on the, you know, Um, and to start really trusting that there could be more. And I see a lot of, uh, not so much now that I, I don't run into them as much now, but I do know that the struggle for asking for more or wanting more for some people, and for me, I struggle with it. Oh, but I'm doing spiritual work. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I should not be asking for any more than just enough, right? So I had a, I had to really grapple with that. Is this okay? Like, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I was really anti-materialism at that time too, like going, look. And then I was like, yeah, but I don't like this. I like to have, so then I got to a place where it was like, I'd like a month in advance. And I swear to God, okay, I decided, I affirmed that I would be booked six weeks in advance. And within two days, I was booked six weeks in advance. But that's all I could handle. Anything beyond that, that was like, forget it, right? It was like, so bit by bit, I was the gatekeeper. By the time I got to creating the Holographic Prosperity class, I had had life experience where I could see very clearly where I was unable to receive and what it took for me to trust that by me creating more, then I could give more. So that also helped me a lot. And also I was healthier. I could have better food. I could give my dog better food. I could live in a nicer place. I could be more self-sufficient. 
Uh, so there was all of this. I literally had to learn how to live from scratch when I got clean and sober. So I always say I have, you know, I'm basically really only 36. Yes. <laughs> Even though well, I look 36. Six, so. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm 64. So um, anyhow, the prosperity concept is something that evolved for me. And it is still evolving for me, to be quite frank. Okay. Yeah. It still is evolving for me. The questions being, you know, now I have quite a big company. And the first things that Mark and I think about is well, like when we had the pandemic and all that, it's like, how are we going to take care of our people? That was the first thing we thought of. We didn't think about ourselves. It was like, okay, how do we make sure? Because we didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. So I'm at a place now where a lot of people depend on me, their families depend on me, et cetera. And so there's more coming in because there's more going out. And so it's now this very major flow state and the holographic prosperity class that I had created there gave all kinds of different tips and tricks so that you are constantly surrounded by, in your environment even, with things that didn't try to tell you stories about yourself. or Like, you don't open your closet for to look at shaming clothes. Like, I, I had a lot of clothes that were like, look at you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, touch me. You, you can't get into me. Right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. And uh, anyway, so my idea of prosperity, it may be different from other people's. And I think that's also really important to note. Like you're going to have your experience of prosperity is going to come in stages for some people. And it has to be right for you. Because mm-hmm. I was the richest person on the planet when I didn't have a lot. I really was. I was the happiest. I'm very happy now. I'm, I'm, I'll say I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life right now. But uh, when I look back on those years, when I, I call it those lean years, when it was me and God, my sobriety, my little dog, and my music, and, and my readings, and how they just evolved, and I literally followed the crumbs, you know, that spirit place in front of me, I trusted, and um, the more I trusted, the more it came. Squared is a production of Universal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuy, executive producer, Connie Deletti, content editor, Julie Fink, and audio post-production by Michael Seifert and David Shaw at Sumo Recording. Original theme music by Jerry Mosby. If you love what you are hearing and want to keep up to date on episode releases, bonus content, and prize giveaways, please visit us at itwpodcast.com. And we'd really appreciate a Wootastic review on Apple or Spotify. So please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Thank you again so much for listening. And we hope you join us next time for another episode on Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Inside the Wooniverse.